Hey guys, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Um, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, the sound quality on this interview with Ashley is not the greatest. Um, the, my computer was acting up, and that's why you hear that little wind in the background. I, just, I, I think it was almost ready to blow up. So uh, I do apologize for the sound quality, but I hope you guys do listen to this uh, interview. Uh, she's an amazing person, and uh, I had a lot of fun uh, interviewing her and asking her a couple questions about her life. So, And I hope you guys enjoy too. All right, have a good one. What's going on, guys? This is the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. Uh, I have a special guest with me. Uh, she is a professional volleyball over, a volleyballer overseas, uh, an avocado toast connoisseur, and also a fellow type 1 diabetic. So I would love to introduce you guys to Ashley Askins. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Oh, no problem. Well, I'm glad we connected. So I remember when I first met you, when you actually hit me up on Instagram because you are a Georgia Tech alum. And she was like, you were like, I can't believe, you know, I didn't, they didn't see you, you know, or didn't meet you. So, yeah. yeah. That would have been so cool um, to, like, connect when I was in college at GT because, you know, I lift all the time, work out all the time, being a top volleyball athlete. So it was really cool to see you doing that in Atlanta where, you know, I spent four years of my life doing that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually a transplant from Georgia. So I'm originally from Massachusetts and we moved down here. So oh, okay. mainly the story is, so my wife's from Georgia, she's from Alpharetta, and so when we got married, she says, when we have kids, we're moving down south, and I really didn't believe her, and now I have two kids, and I'm down in Georgia right now, so, hey, there you go. yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so, so um, I'd love to dive into your story of, like, when you got diagnosed, and, you know, you getting into the volleyball, uh, going, to, going prof- into volleyball professionally, so uh, when did you first get diagnosed? and they only let one person come with me. They wouldn't let my mom for some reason. So she wasn't with 
rolling. And so they kept stabbing me and stabbing me and stabbing me. And I just remember laying there like, what is going on? Where's my family? Just like crying and just scared out of my mind because I'm seven years old alone yeah. in a hospital. Um, and so they finally get the IV to me. And um, during that process, I passed out because I'm just like so scared. Don't know what's going on. I just like pass out. I wake up, I have an IV, like on both arms, both um, hands, the bottom of my back of my ankle, like there were, I was hooked up everywhere, um, but by the time I like woke up, and like, that's when my family was there, and they started, you know, talking to them about what was happening, and you know, what the process was going to be, and I, everything went over my head, I had no idea what diabetes was at that point, I've never heard that word ever in my life, um, and so I'm just laying there wondering, why am I here, when am I going to get out, like, what's the next step, and we ended up being in the hospital for about a week. Um, and then when I was released, we I was at home for like maybe a month or so. Um, and we had a nurse who stayed with us at the home. So both my parents were working and it's a big, you know, it's a big lifetime shift. Mm-hmm. We learned how to live, you know, and eat and all that stuff. And I remember one day we were sitting there and she, the nurse kind of asked me, like, hey, you know, how are you, how are you doing with all this? You know, what are you thinking? And I just started crying and I'm like, at seven years old, you hear diabetes, and you just, I just instantly thought, like, oh, I'm dying. Like, this is, this is it for me. Um, so then she was the first person to really, like, sat me down and explained, like, hey, you know, you're not dying. This is something you're going to have your whole life. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be fine. You know, you just have to take care of it every single day. And so that right there was kind of like a change of moment for me where I was like, oh, okay. It's just a new way of living. So that was my little diagnosis story. Yeah. Yeah, I, so for me, I got diagnosed when I was 34, a month before my 35th birthday. And so I used to work at a children's hospital. I used to work in their ER. And um, a lot of people know this, like, in my story. But uh, so there was this one girl that was five years old. She got diagnosed with diabetes, and her mom was, like, crying hysterically because she thought it was a death sentence. And so, you know, I walked in there, and I said, you know, what up, buddy? And just gave her a high five. And, like, she was, like, she had no idea what she was doing. And then I told the mom, like, my story and... You know, everything's going to be fine, especially working at the children's hospital that I was working at. They have a, like a, a fantastic, like, floor that's just basically all, di- like, a diabetic floor. So, and they have, like, the best staff. And so I was pretty much telling everybody, like, you know, everything's okay. And if there's always a new diabetic that comes into the emergency room, I always walk in and just, like, you know, tell them my story. And, you know, try to make it a little bit better. And, you know, just try to calm them down because it's not really a dense sentence. It's just like a whole, it's a, it's a new shift in, in life, but you just yeah. need to, you know, just, I don't know, just move on from it, you know, just to just try to get better. And so. And that's so good and that's so powerful too because, again, being in that situation, I didn't know anyone with diabetes. I didn't, like, I didn't have anyone come to me like, hey, this is my story, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it was until I was in high school that I met anyone else who had type 1 diabetes. So, to, to, for you to be able to, like, go and talk to Yeah, and then it, yeah, with that with that five year old, that's how I started Type One Lifting the Shirt Company, because I thought I needed to do a little bit more. Because when everyone talked to me, they're like, "Oh, you're so fit! Like, you're not a diabetic. How are you a diabetic? You're so fit." And it's like, no, it's 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 a lot different. There's like two different ones, and like all that stuff. And so mainly the shirt was 
yeah, the main, the mainly the shirts just for just letting everybody know, like, hey, you know, there's two different types of diabetes, and like, you can be fit, and you know, even though you do have this disease, you can do amazing things like yourself, what you're doing. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, um, so how did you get into the whole volleyball thing? Very cool. So when when you were do, when the, the whole recruiting process, now did were some colleges like really like nervous about like recruiting you because you were diabetic or were there any issues with that or? Whatever. Um, but when it got to recruiting, that was always what 
but I was so scared of. I was like, no one's going to want to sign me if I have diabetes. My thought was always, if, if it's me versus another girl, they're going to choose her every time because she doesn't have diabetes. That was, I was just always scared of it. So mm-hmm. with the recruiting process, I would go on these visits and I would go to their campus and do all these things, but it wasn't until that they offered me a scholarship that I would look that I would be like, okay, well, you know, I have diabetes. Like, I wanted to, like, make it to the end before I brought it up, which, looking back, it didn't make a difference having diabetes or not. It was my own fear about it, but, yeah, that's kind of how I handled it. I don't know if it was the best way, but, yeah, it worked out, worked out for the best. <laughs> yeah, so, so when you're t- talking, like, when you were just talking about being, you know, afraid and nervous about, like, you know, being a diabetic, when did that kind of, like, stop for you? And you're able to like talk more about it and be like more vision, like you know, me more out in the open about it. Okay, this is gonna sound really weird, but it wasn't until I got my first boyfriend in high school, which is so weird because I, I don't know, in the back of my head, I was always like, no one's gonna like me if I have diabetes. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and when I got my first boyfriend, he didn't care that I had diabetes, but actually thought it was kind of cool. That's when I like got that confidence, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like people like me, and I have diabetes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, it's it's everyone everyone opens up differently compared to like other people. So, I mean, with me, I think it was just me with that five year old girl, just like you know, talking about it, and then like finding my coworkers in the emergency room. They already know what diabetes is, so they always give me like flack about it. So it's a joke, like joking around about it, and I joke back. So that kind of helped out a little bit too. So, but I think that five year old definitely was a huge stepping point for me as well. So, I mean, I've injected out in the open, and I've had, I've heard people go, ooh you know and stuff like that and so and you know and I'm always open to talking to anybody about diabetes too just to like you know get my point of view on it and like see what see where they at where where they are at you know talking about diabetes and stuff so I mean it's it's good for people to know so I needed to like speak up for myself, but you're also 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, again, with Georgia Tech, looking back, I learned I need to be an advocate for myself and stand up for myself. My blood sugar is too low or too high, but I definitely did not do that when I was at Georgia Tech. I was always just trying to like fight through things and just be, stay on the court as long as possible because I thought I would be reliable and you know I could be consistent in that sense. But you have to speak up and you have to say, hey. My blood sugar is low. I need to sit out. Or hey, this is what's going on. I need to, you know, rest. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, so now for college. So when you went to Georgia Tech. So what did, what was college like being a diabetic? Because obviously, I'm definitely didn't get it when I was in college. So I really don't know the experience at all. So. Now, were you, were you on the pump at the time that Georgia Tech, or are, were you were you on like any device at all, or just um, injections? I have never done the pump. Yeah, I've always done injections. But my sophomore, no, it was my freshman year. Um, I actually started doing the Dexcom because my trainer was like, you know, we need to be able to see. And there was another boy. There's the quarterback at the time. He actually had type one diabetes. Um, and so me and him, the trainers would often compare us, which again. He's a guy, I'm a girl, so I have a whole different like hormones and stuff you mm-hmm. know, going on, so it's it's not a good it's not a straight comparison. And it was kinda of hard for me because my blood sugars would go up and down all the time and for him he was a lot more steady. And that was something that the trainers would always kind of be like, Well that's doing good, you know, what's going on with you and whatever. So he was on the next time. My trainer was like, Hey, you should get on it too because we can see your blood sugars, you know, other people can see your blood sugars, um, which helps a ton. Actually, at that time, I was against it because I didn't want everyone to always know what's going on with me. I don't know. I kind of like having a bit more freedom and not having to always explain, like, why my blood sugar is this or what's going on. And, um, so I was a little bit against it at the time, but my blood sugars were so much better when I was on that, for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, for... For like working out wise, so what was your typical like workout program like off season and on season? we would 
schedule was. Um, and then once the season started, it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every, okay, so you would you'd have workouts Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, no, no, Monday. Okay, in season it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I think. You would work out in the morning, have class from eight to two, three ish, practice from like three to six, and then after practice you would go to you know have dinner. From there, you would do tutoring, depending on what your schedule was, depending on your classes, tutoring until about like 9, 10-ish, come home, do your homework, whatever, wake up the next morning, have weights again, 8 a.m., so that was in season, um, which we didn't lift heavy during season, it was more like maintenance, making sure that um, you're not going to be injured and stuff like that, and then out of season, spring season, oh my goodness. That was always the worst time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hated spring. Um, because during season, you would take the easy classes. You'd have the lightest amount of hours classes. you want to be ready for games and stuff like that. In the springtime, you had all your classes. you take your hard classes. And you'd be up at 5 a.m. every single day for um, heavy lifting and sprinting. It was the worst. I hated that. Um, <laughs> and then you'd go to class from 8 to 3 practice three to six, tutoring, so you'd be up, it's the same thing, you would just be up at 5 a.m. every single day, and it just, it was, it would be terrible on my blood sugars, because in the morning, for me, my blood sugars spike up, it's like when I wake up, it's all your hormones and all that stuff, like just waking up on its own. Yeah, the dawn effect, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's that's crazy. Like that schedule, because I, I play college sports, but it wasn't like D one, so it's not like, a, it's not like a full time job. But they were trying to make it like a full time job, and it's like, guys, it's like D three, just chill out a little bit. So, but yeah, it's you, you guys are like super busy. So, um, so when when you got so, when did you start going pro, or when did you get like people like wanting to talk to you about maybe going overseas and playing? I was just ready to 
models. So I remember before I was supposed to go to New York, this agency was like, okay, we'll send you your measurements. But I had lost a ton of weight from just not lifting every day and stuff. So like my measurements had like gotten a lot smaller. And they were like, hey, you know, your your measurements aren't what, aren't what we're looking for anymore. You know, we're going to move in a different direction. So I was kind of heartbroken because I didn't have, I put all my eggs in the basket. You know, like I was like modeling, this is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have any jobs lined up because I was like, Yeah, so the team you're playing on now is the, I, I was trying to find the pronunciation to this because I was actually Google searching it. So is is it Le Louves? Le Louves. Le Okay, all right, I, I was close. Yeah. So um, so you played for a, a year in England, then moved over to Italy, or how did that work? Yeah, and so this was was this your first year playing with them, or? Yes. Okay, and then you got cut short, obviously, with the, you know, COVID nineteen and stuff like that. So with with being a diabetic overseas, what what is there? What was life like that? Like, did people still get a better understanding compared to here, or what was that like?
Yeah, so so are you planning to go back there ne- uh, next year or like whenever? Like, how long is the season typically for like a volleyball player? Like so, that was not in COVID nineteen, you know. Yeah. Um, so in, in Europe, the volleyball seasons are ten and a half months, which is really really long <laughs> and really intense. So I would still be there until May twenty eighth. That's when I was due to like come home. Um, so yeah, long time. But yeah. So were you gonna like or like team up with them next year at all, or sign a contract yeah. with them? So what was the, was it like, with like lifting wise for your season, was it like a maintenance phase, like kind of like, you know, lightweight, high reps, or like what was the, what was the workouts like? Ten, 10 months is very very long especially playing a sport so yeah that's that's crazy so what is what do you think your next what do you think you're going to be doing next pretty much okay. after volleyball so- Yeah. 
So that, a little little fun fact for me is I actually do roofing sales part-time. And so I like knock on random people's doors and ask if they want me to check their roof out. And so that is a huge help. That was a huge help for me with like sales pretty much because, you know, in the beginning I was like super nervous and stuff, but I would not even like, I wouldn't even fathom like doing that. But then you realize I'm like, okay, well, I got two kids back at home. I got the wife, I got my my wife back at home, you know, we kind of need a little bit of money, so, you know, got to do it, and so, I just take a nice deep breath in, knock on the door, and then, you know, some people would say, like, no, or, you know, get off my property, or I shoot you, or, you know, all that stuff, but, like, yeah, that was, I think that was a huge help for me, just, like, going out there and just doing it, so, for, like, the, in the for sales-wise, so, and even with the shirts, like, I always, like, try to, like, I don't try to sell everybody, but I just tell them, like, you know, what the shirt's all about, and, like, you know, tell them the story and you know make sure they completely understand so yeah so, and that's yeah. so important too just being able to like step out of yourself and you know introduce yourself and talk to people that you don't know and that was something that I think my experience being overseas you're in a different country you don't know anyone like you are over there by yourself so you have to force yourself to meet people and make friends otherwise it's really really lonely it's really isolating so again with like jumping into sales or consulting now that I've been overseas Yeah, very cool, very cool. Now, um, so now we're getting towards the end. So what would you want to tell people about diabetes and like, you know, just want to get your thought on, you know, how to pretty much let them under, like understand better what your, what your diabetes is? If you manage it well, because I've seen some bad cases, so especially working in the ER, I see some really bad cases that kids just don't care, which is shocking. So, but yeah. yeah. And last thing, oh, go, go ahead.
by it, who are they surrounded by, and it's it's such a it's such a big thing for the whole family. Yeah. I, I, I really thank my mom and my dad for being so hands on and taking it so serious when I was little because I wouldn't be here doing as well as I am without that. So Yeah. Shout out to all the parents out there with kids, like you are doing great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, actually, one of my coworkers, her her daughter got became a diabetic, and and like I, she would always ask me questions and stuff about like diabetes, and now it's to the point with her. She's I think she was like eight or nine, I think, and she's like injecting herself and like doing everything. She's like, Mom, I got it. Don't worry about it. Like I and like she's like an absolute pro on it, and like it was just from like learning and understanding from her parents and like other people that like she could do it herself, and she has no this this girl has no fear, which is hilarious. So. Which is awesome, yeah. and she's always like proud about like being that not proud of it being diabetic, but like always talking about it. So, which is pretty cool. And last question: Why do you like avocado toast so much? So have you tried the Trader Joe's everything but the bagel? Yes, yes, that's what we use. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. Stuff's so good. So, all right, awesome. So um, where can people reach you or find you or, you know, ask you any questions at all? And she's very good at responding back, people. Trust me. See, I, I've, I've sent her messages, and she's pretty quick to respond back. So, which is awesome. But thank you very much, Ashley, for having for being on my podcast. I, it truly means a lot, and I'm very grateful for connecting with you as well. So, yeah, definitely. Thanks for asking me. This is, this is a pleasure to get on here and share my story. All right. Well, have a good one. <laughs>